Welcome to Many Talks Podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance, and investment. Hi, so Reese Many here from Many Talks. Um, this is series two. Um, got a fantastic guest with myself today. Um, obviously, we find ourselves still in um, a pandemic and still with the um, COVID 19 um, in and around everywhere in the world. So we're doing this virtually um, and it's great pleasure for me to invite Danny Brooks, um, CEO, founder of VHR Recruitment. Um, and the reason that I wanted to bring Danny onto the show today, um, we've had other recruitment specialists um, on the show and they give some fantastic value to our listeners. Um, but Danny actually specialises in a certain area, um, which is Eurospace, aviation, Formula One, automotive, engineering, defence, marine um, industry across 52 countries, um, I believe, Danny. So welcome. I think you've got a lot um, to talk about and add some value and give some value to our listeners. So first of all, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. No problem. It's a pleasure. Um, so really what, what this is about, this podcast is um, I interview serial entrepreneurs um, from all aspects of, of entrepreneurship. So business owners, people that have invented things. Um, and obviously you started your business um, in 2003, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. <clears throat> so. You know, you've, you've got a lot of experience building it from the ground up, 90 employees by 2019. Um, so just to, to, to bring you in, um, can you really tell us and our viewers about your journey, your experience and really what led you to start VHR Recruitment? Uh, I'll try and keep it short. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best anyway. Um, I, I was in... Uh, left university um, and kind of fell into recruitment as mo most people do. I don't okay. think it's one of those jobs where everyone yearns to be a recruitment consultant. Um, and I went to work for a company that did uh, aerospace recruitment. Okay. I, had, I, had interest in, I had an interest in flying, um, I got a pilot's license and it seemed like a good fit. Um, roll forward four and a half years, I'd, I've been doing pretty well. I was one of the, the top uh, consultants there. My, my MD left, he took me with him helped him set up another recruitment business. Um, to cut a long story short, um, I then uh, invested in that business um, and he ran off with all my money. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even my money, it's my parents' money. Um, so roll forward to 2003 um, and I was jobless um, and I was minus 20,000 from the uh, this dishonest business partner. I thought, you know what, I've made a success twice in recruitment i'll do it this yep. time for myself um so i started off as me and a pa in an office um then it was a uh, uh, remortgage luckily i bought my old student house i remortgaged that sold my car um then it was me and a pa in my lounge um then it was me in my lounge uh, and this got to about october 2003 um kind of run out running out of money credit card debts building up and um, one of my old clients phoned me up um and he just moved to air mauritius um 
He says, do you know anything about recruiting aircraft engineers? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm lots, I know lots about recruiting aircraft engineers. In reality, I've never recruited an aircraft engineer in my life, um, but I know how planes work and I've got friends who are aircraft engineers. So off I went to um, Mauritius for two days, ended in two weeks, back and forth, back and forth, pitched the board. Um, the board accepted my proposal um, and um, we were signed a contract. Um, I'm now coming into kind of Christmas time. I'm going to recruit 30 engineers for a three-year project. I've got no money left now. All credit cards are maxed out. I'm probably in minus 100,000. Um, and then um, it's all done. Christmas Eve, I flew up to my hometown of Manchester. After I finished my little recruitment, I thought, Do you know what, I can have a good Christmas now. I've got no money, but this project's coming in and I will be set up. Yeah. I came back after Christmas and then, um, unfortunately, uh, they said, oh, no, uh, we've got a problem. The unions have said no. So I went, had to go back out, talk the unions around, um, which I managed to do. And then um, there's a few other issues along the way. But in, in March 2004, um, I deployed 30 engineers. And, um, yeah, that was kind of set VHR up, all thanks to my relationship with Air Mauritius. Um, so, That's and they remained a, yeah, remained a client up until last year when they went into administration so uh, yeah it's been a it was a 15-year partnership very nice just just to, to to just to pull it back there that feeling um when you know you know that you're good at something uh because you've done it previously twice before as you said but that feeling when you know you, your credit cards are at max um and you're thinking is it time to is it time to move on and give up or carry on? What, what was that feeling yeah. like for you? Because I can imagine there's a lot of people that are in that feeling at the moment. I've definitely been there and, and most entrepreneurs that I've spoke to have always have, have gone through that period. Um, and I think that's what separates, not just that, but what separates success to, to not being successful is that, that fire in your belly to keep pushing. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the big things, even before that, was the loneliness. It's a lonely journey when yes. you're basically as you. And that was one of the hardest things. Um, yeah. and coupled with that and the fact that all my friends then are five years post-university, are earning good money, um, in good jobs, um, and I'd be socialising with them, and I haven't got a um, – think of a polite way of putting it, but I haven't got much money in my back pocket. So yeah, th that was quite – that was quite – you know, so you're getting a bit of envy of your peers who are, who are doing well, but you know deep down that you can do it. And I think one of the things that I learned is I, I used to sail to quite high levels in the British selling team when I was younger. And um, it's not over until it's over. And I think I, I just don't like being beaten. I just, yeah. Perseverance. And it is sort of a cliche, but it's hard work and determination and, and drive. And, you know, sure as, sure as eggs is eggs, if you put enough effort in, then, Generally, if it's in the right direction, you you will you will come out on top. But it was yeah, it was you know when you've done it before twice and you're hundred grand in debt. And I, I'd said to myself, oh, I can't fix this by Christmas. Then I would basically fall on my sword, lick my wounds, and go work for somebody else. But uh, yeah, luckily it came off, and it almost actually blew up as well because um, in contract recruitment you get paid thirty days after you. Um, send the invoice and all my contractors yeah. were getting paid within seven days so i'd arrange their mauritius to um 
have a hundred thousand pound deposit which i was going to use to pay the contractors and the week of the payday came along and i needed about forty thousand pounds and i spoke to my client he said i said to him where's this hundred thousand pounds he said oh we've got a problem i said what's the problem ram he said uh well the cfo's on holiday i was like well when's he back and he said it's two weeks i said i've got to pay the guys on friday i can't do that and he said well, there's nothing i can do so you know if you don't pay your contractors in our game then it's over so luckily that evening I went and uh, had a beer with my friend, school friends and um, he told me, he said he'd had a weird day and I said, I've had, a, I've had a pretty bad day. I said, tell me about your weird day. And he said, oh, this morning I was made redundant, but I get to keep my job. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, I'm just moving to a different part of British Gas, but I get a, a £40,000 payout. So, oh, Charlie, can I borrow your £40,000 for uh, one for two weeks and I'll give you £41,000 back? And he agreed and uh, yeah, thanks to him. And his investment and uh, my repayment of his debt that's that's kind of got us moving yeah fantastic so um that, that that's that's good and you know it is as you just said that willingness to to keep pushing it is a lonely place entrepreneurship have you got any other stories where you you've been at a low point before and you thought to yourself you know what is it all worth it yeah i mean we probably six years in we've built the company up um we've got a uh, a healthy balance healthy-ish balance seat for that point in time i think we probably amassed uh you know circa five hundred thousand pounds in the balance sheet for the company which you know it's not a small amount but it's not a massive amount of money i understand as well and and one of our italian clients um basically took went went bankrupt and took us for three hundred thousand um so suddenly you've been working four or five years not paying myself a particularly large salary yeah. and suddenly some dishonest italian guy he actually later went to jail thank goodness um but yeah took it took away you know three or four years effort and it's like you know yeah. and it's then you got build, you got yeah it's sold a string and you gotta, you've got to build yourself back up um i think you've got to have faith in your ability um you know surround yourself with good people who you can you know talk things through and by that stage i'd bought on uh, a chap who i used to work with as my business partner um and to share the journey in, in as much as anything um and he's how, quite a good operator how, how do you find good people ah if i if i knew if i, if I knew <laughs> the answer to that question <laughs> i'd be alongside jeff bezos and uh, amazon ah it's very difficult um i mean my operations coo my operations director he's um he's a person i work with from, uh, from the very beginning and so yeah. you know the people you work with so yeah uh recommendations uh some of it is down to trial and error i mean an interview is is a particularly poor way of uh assessing someone's skills um mm. And it, it is, you know, it is. If we could, if we could carry on surrounding ourselves with good people, it'd be great. It's just not that, not that, you know, not that easy. Um, you know, by the people's very nature, that there'll be a, a split of the demographic. You know, we look at say the third will be high performers, the third will be average performers, and the third will be underperformers. We've actually got slightly better averages than that. But if you kind of take that as a, the norm in recruitment, yeah, uh, you set you set yourself. Uh, Set, you can set your, yourself up for uh, what to expect. But yeah, it's, it's very difficult finding good people. Very good. And then, yeah. you know, finding people who, uh, who, if they don't own part of the business, to keep it, keep them motivated. So obviously, you've got to, first of all, you've got to treat them very well um, and look after them, not just financially, that's a, that's a given. 
but look after them, you know, uh, in terms of all the, the softer side of things, which it is, it's is very difficult. It's a bit like spinning plates. Uh, you'll, you'll get are a big thing for, for, for VHR. Yeah, we, we, I, I think we've, we've built quite a good, good culture. Um, when I set the company up, my kind of aspirational company culture and branding was Virgin. Um, obviously they're going through some difficult times at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, people in Virgin, particularly the kind of the, the cabin crew side of things, they're not paid overly well. They're, you know, they're, they're paid pretty average in some respects. Uh, you know, they could earn money elsewhere, but they are treated so well or and have been treated so well. And they have a, a nice lifestyle that I've got many friends at Virgin Atlantic who have been there for, for many, many years. It's because they, they love the culture. And that goes a, that goes a long, long way. So if you can if you can marry the two up with the, the financial incentives, then uh, you, you're onto a winning thing. Yeah, um, and and I agree. I mean, team culture. What was it like having different different offices in in different countries? Um, I haven't spoke to to many entrepreneurs, um, or I haven't interviewed many entrepreneurs on on many talks on this podcast that have got as many different offices as you have across the world. What's that like to manage um, personally for yourself? And do you need to have a strong management team underneath you to make sure that all of them clogs are working in in the correct way? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. Um, I think um, what we... The culture in every office, whilst it's got a core of VHR culture, that office will have its also, uh, you know... Uh, it's it's take on um on, yeah. on vhr culture so it's not going to be identical to the london office so no, you know, the, even the man no even the manchester office which is not a million miles away from london geographically is, is, is a different place to london um what we do is we we bring the staff uh from our overseas offices back to the uk regularly so certainly the leadership team that they're, they're they're in probably in london at least once every two months uh, for meetings. And if if not, then it's myself out with them. So I, I travel quite regularly to meet them. And then for the, for the kind of the whole company, uh, we will try and get everyone over once a year. So we meet, so we fly people in from the different offices. It's not always sometimes possible, but we will try and uh, arrange it around our summer uh, kind of conference and social or yep. if, if we can't do that, then then the Christmas and sometimes operationally, you can't have everyone there at the same time anyway. So it's sometimes a split. So we yep. probably generally split it up between our Christmas conference and social and then our, our summer uh, conference and social. So, yeah, but it is you're never going to get a, a, a kind of a uniform culture. And you probably wouldn't want that, to be quite honest. But if there's um, anybody that's actually listening to this podcast and thinking about starting an office overseas and their head office is in the UK, um, or they're just looking to open a second office in this country. What what piece of information or what piece of advice could you give them? Um, what what helped you make it successful? Uh, for my side, it's you need to embed the the person who's setting the office up in the company culture from the start. So, for instance, the chap who is in our, who runs our kind of Altrim office in Manchester, he's a uh, I spent a lot of time with him at the very beginning. He, he was our first employee, actually. Um, so he was in part of defining and creating the VHR club. So for him, that the management office was easy. Um, in the UAE, um, 
actually this is quite lucky actually we we brought in somebody who i used to work with in my first job and so kind of a culture i i've built and tried to build is kind of a blend of you know the aspirational virgin thing but also all good bits from the my first my first mm. company and so it, for him it was quite quite easy so he you know he came over and was working in the uk for several months and then then he went over to set up the uae but that's that kind of the general model we do is we'll we'll put them in the u if they're new hire uh, then we'll, yeah. they'll, they'll spend a, a good amount of time in in London before they go. Um, yeah. And if they're exist, if they're existing, then you know they know the culture, and then they'll take it to the to the new office. Um, so it's so, about yeah. having them work for you, incubating them really, then then giving them their own setup and 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 really letting them run it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, what what separates um, what separates VHR recruitment from its competitors? Would you say, um, Danny? Um, we've got we've we've got a number of uh, number of USPs, and I think one of the things that we're, we're we're particularly good at is looking at our our clients' uh, sometimes very complex business uh, issues and come up with uh, the right recruitment or HR solution. It, it could be many other things. It, it's often involves incorporating in uh, different just different geographies, applying for licenses. Um, Quite recently, we've spent a lot of time working in different geographies where it's um, we are there's such a sh shortage of uh, expertise that we're actually creating the expertise. We are recruiting and training and building an end product. Um, so, you know, a, an example being we had a, a program with Etihad Airways in in Abu Dhabi, the world's fastest ever growing airline, and um, in airlines, the, the cabin is what the, the passengers touch, and that. The product is key and they pride themselves on having the best first class in the world the best business class in the world um and as such they needed cabin cabin technicians now really apart from the gulf carriers mostly there isn't such there isn't many people who do cabin technicians they're generally aircraft engineers and aircraft technicians so we put together a program with etihad airways and an uh, and, um, and a training uh, uh, academy in the philippines we were recruiting yeah technicians from the philippines putting them through a program and then deploying them into abu dhabi which is great because these guys are earning five or six times more than they earned back in the philippines they've suddenly got all product knowledge um yeah. and then they're in uh, working for a, a great airline uh, through ourselves so yeah we, we we you know with many years one of the things we're particularly proud of is that we we've been recognized by her majesty queen we won the queen's award uh 2018 uh we've won 40 awards over the last two years um yeah so yeah we're, we're quite awardery but yeah there's there is there's, we've got quite a few differentiators um i won't i won't bore you with many of the details but yeah that gives you a bit of an indication yeah, of some of them fantastic. um so obviously just talking about the award that, that you won how, how did that come about just purely service or so the, the queen's award is it's kind of the pinnacle of uh the, the business awards across the UK and it's for any any company can apply for it yeah. um, and there's four categories uh, international trade social mobility innovation and sustainability uh, a week because we 72 percent of our business is export and has been has been that way probably since the beginning of VHR we've been a, a, a net exporter we uh, we we apply for the international trade uh, category and I think they award an average about 200 Queen's Awards a year across the entire the UK. And it's for the best, the companies in our category who showed the, the best growth over a three year period. Um, so we, yeah, 
so yeah we were we were recognized for that so yeah we very uh, proud moment very proud moment we got to get to meet um we met prince charles at buckingham palace and collected our award so yeah that was yeah. that was yeah very very good very good yeah fantastic um obviously um the effect of coronavirus um what kind of effect has that had on the recruitment industry um and and what kind of effect has it had on you and and your business yeah i mean uh i think the coronas have impacted probably every every business across the world in some shape yeah. or form okay. i'm on the uh on the our, our what's called the recruitment employment confederation so our, our governing bodies uh council and so I, i'm speaking from across not just my business but across the recruitment industry and yeah absolutely at the beginning it's taken a hammering you know mm. all recruitment all recruitment stopped um and now it's starting to pick up again certain sectors quicker than others you know um so the aviation is, is definitely slow at the moment um but things some of the kind of insurance and uh change consultancy management consultancy obviously healthcare logistics they've been they've been they've been busy as well but um yeah it's been a, it's been a corona has had a, has a huge impact uh, on the industry as a whole and certainly vhr yeah we've definitely suffered we're making benefit of the government's um, uh, furlough scheme 100% because at the moment in, in August is generally a bad month for most recruitment companies because everyone goes on holiday, particularly those who deal in Europe. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we, we're, we're, we're benefiting from furlough scheme at this moment in, in August uh, and probably early September, then we should be bringing people back to being full time after that. But, yeah, certainly this last period, we've, we've, we've had the benefit of uh, the furlough scheme. Oh, so that's helped your business. Yeah, um, yeah, massively, yeah, massively. What's what's one of the toughest decisions you've had to make in the last few months? Ah, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, many. It's almost a daily, daily occurrence. But it's, um, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think we 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 had a um, we've had to look at you know, the business over the last three months and look at where we see it in the in the the next six to 12 to 18 months we looked at how the business has been set up we've had to, to restructure and that's involved unfortunately saying goodbye to a, a few people from from vhr because we just don't believe that that, that we'll that we will have uh the jobs for them uh to come back to so yeah that, that's tough you know we let we'd say we said goodbye to you know a number of people who are really good at their jobs it's just yeah. that there isn't really there isn't really a job for them to do so that, you know, that's probably the kind of on a on a human level that's kind of probably one of the hardest things i've had to do and i don't probably most companies are in the same boat i'm quite sure yeah it's still just because people are in the same boat as you said it's still not a nice decision and it is tough um i mean what what advice would you give to anybody looking to start or grow a business um at this present time in this climate that that we find ourselves in I think there's definitely there's always an opportunity uh, when there's any adverse things in the market. So I think you need to look particularly at your market, um, at what you're targeting. You know, I mean, if we all, you know, if we if we knew what we knew now, we'd have probably bought uh, a lot more shares in Amazon. I mean, certainly <laughs> online businesses, yeah, yeah, online businesses, most definitely the way to go. Right? You know, and you if you can you, you can can scale them a lot easier than you know a, say a, say a traditional recruitment model um yeah. the um 
the costs of you know, setting up a website and you can do it from anywhere in the world it's you know if you've got a if you've got a good idea and a good product then certainly an online business is most you know, definitely you can consider i mean you know i've read over the, over the past few months about drop shipping and how these people are now um you know you can they're working from beaches in bali um selling products they've never seen to people they've never seen um, yeah so there is there is opportunities out there i think you've got to choose your market and you know i'd suggest uh you know once you convince yourself it's a good market then some of your trusted confidence run it past them and see what they're see what their initial reactions are and, you know as long as if you can't explain it within 20 seconds what your business does um then maybe maybe you need to rethink how you explain it or what it does because it, it, you know if you, you you've generally got 20 seconds to call it the elevator pitch to to uh, uh you know gain someone's interest so if you're if you're selling to clients for instance uh then you need to better express yourself and what your business does in that time and you know potentially you know if you can't do that then you you, you your, your chances are a lot slimmer than if you, if you can so certainly you know running it past uh confident and you know getting your message clear messaging is very clear is what i suggest yeah no i agree i agree um just a little bit about before you started your entrepreneur journey was there any on that even now do you still read business books is there mentors that you look up to just give you advice um yeah yeah certainly i i read a couple of business books i mean i read at the beginning i think i read at the very beginning actually i had a my my old pensions advisor um had a change of uh, career and he went into being a business coach a chap called dave scarlett lovely lovely guy at the very beginning of my journey he kind of offered for not a lot of money um to act as my uh, kind of business coach so he's more he's kind of a sounding board for me uh and then one of my old clients uh a gentleman by the name of christopher nash he was a uh, ex ex lieutenant colonel of the army and uh he went to work for a, an old client of mine in the defense sector and again he was provided guidance for us so certainly pick you know, if you pick some guidance up from people who are relevant relevant to you uh you know i just run ideas past them it's yeah it makes life even just someone to complain to because the hardest thing when you're an entrepreneur and you, you're running a company on your own or even if you're running it with another person is that you know you haven't really got anyone to whinge to and, and complain and everyone likes you know you need to get things off your chest and rant you know because everyone's always can you know comes to you with the problems so you spend your day sorting out you know a lot of people's problems so sometimes yeah. it'd be nice for someone else to to listen so if you can you can bend someone's ear and uh use their expertise or even just just to listen really and offer some bits of advice that's that's, that's good and uh yeah i think that the first book i read that it's not really a business book but it's kind of, of that area was uh i think called rich dad poor dad i forget yep. the name of the name of the author um covey yep. covey i think it was covey um and that yeah that's um that's you know a bit of a but it kind of puts things into perspective so certainly you know um it was i think it's, it's definitely worth definitely worth a read that's for sure yeah <coughs> excuse me um outside of your business in investments um i believe you you like the property market you invested in the property market yourself yeah i, I mean i think for, from an early age i persuaded my my father to he retired and i persuaded him to buy a student house which um which uh yeah we did meet got me a free rent for when i was at university for two years but yeah, yeah no i've i've so I, I you know i bought my uh i bought my old office i bought my current office um we were spending a lot of money on um uh, hotels when people are flying in from our different offices or coming down from Northrium. so we bought a house 
near our office that we use rather than hotels, and that's gone up in value. Certainly, yeah. the office has gone up in, up in value, and obviously have saved all the money that would have been lost in rent. Yeah. Um, so yes, certainly the, the property market has been has been pretty 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 good to me. Um, so that's been that's been an interest. So obviously, we invested in a and um, helped set up a. Um, a a payroll company which is uh, related to our industry uh, and that's gone that's done great guns as well so that was uh, yeah that was a uh, something I did in 2012 so that's been that's been a, a good a good uh, a good investment of my time and energy as well fantastic so what's next um in the next five years for yourself and um and your businesses that you're involved with um I just launched uh with a good friend of mine a business that we did well we, we launched it in january it didn't really go live until june a a business that's um related to bitcoin and uh, another business related to gift cards um okay. so that's all completely different completely different to recruitment all online um and yeah they're they're in both those businesses in month two uh and not only in profit but a payback as well so um yeah that's um yeah, quite refreshing. I think it took VHR when I set it up. It took me to get to break even was about nigh on twelve months, and payback was probably more like sixteen, seven months. So yeah, that, that's been yeah. quite refreshing. Um, so yeah, that certainly that obviously um, continue to build VHR, uh, whether that's you know organically or, or through acquisition. We uh, we've not done anything through acquisition as yet, uh, but that could potentially. With what's happening in the marketplace um there could be some distressed sellers then that could potentially be be something for us yeah um so yeah there's there's, there's quite a bit um but to, but to look at and, you know certainly in the in the property market there'll be the moment it's talking to the estate agents it's actually quite booming at the moment but let, let's see where that goes um yeah that's, that's something that's uh certainly keep half an eye on that's for sure definitely Definitely. Um, Danny, look, thanks for coming on. Have, have we missed anything? Is there anything that you would like to share um, with our listeners, our viewers, that you could f think could be beneficial that we, we haven't spoke about? Um, I think I've probably been harping on probably quite quite long enough. So, uh, yeah, in order to maintain their interest levels, I'm sure you'd be cutting this down significantly. I think that's probably some of the most salient points I could bore you to death uh, uh, with other other stories and stuff but yeah i think that you, what you've heard is probably the some of the most salient points fantastic well look appreciate your time um a pleasure for you to come on especially in the economic climate that we're in um appreciate your time thanks for the values that you've given to our listeners and our viewers it's been a pleasure having you on many talks um and look to catch up soon brilliant thanks for your time cheers so for now, what I want to do is thank you for listening, subscribe, leave a review. Look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way.